What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back to another episode of the What the Actual Fork podcast. Today was such a great episode. It was a big warm hug. Oh, yes. As, as Jenna calls our guest. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that when you said that, but I, oh my but God. I have her to voice say, just like agree. tranced me. Like it really did. She, she definitely has that like nurturing voice tone to her. And like imagine um, it with like the, the quiet, like chill vibes sound on TikTok and you're like, oh, let me listen to what she has to say. Okay. I feel like we like have to intro her now because we're just like talking about her voice. Wait, we could cliff them, cliff them. Let's do our moment and then get them back to who we, who we interviewed. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Sorry guys. I'm being the the mean one. You're on the cliff. (laughs) Um, so first we have to talk about our, what the actual fork moment, which I honestly, I need to take a beat and think of mine. Do you have yours? I think really just being that it's the day after Halloween, the amount of information that's still out there, despite it being like 12 years old, (laughs) um, you know, or more, just the amount of personal trainers, fitness coaches, whatever you want to call them, that continuously post like a Reese's equals 17 burpees or whatever the fuck they post. I just like can't even wrap my head around it. And I was actually in a workout class recently where the coach like made a comment that was like, um, what did she say exactly? It was now you can eat your candy tonight. And I was like, bitch, no, <laughs> like I can eat my candy whenever I want. And like, it's, can we stop? Like, I just, I don't, I don't get it. There was actually a great TikTok of this girl who was like making fun of a trainer. And she was like, some of us are not here for our beach bodies. <laughs> and it was like so good and so dead on. And I think it's just a bigger conversation that we'll have to have with a guest one day of like, as a personal trainer, you cannot assume why the people in the room are there. And like your goals are not theirs. And like, I think that's so big. So great. And you actually just made me think of mine, which just happened today. Technically it didn't happen to me though. It happened to my friend, but I'm going to use her anonymously. So she came to my office because I'm renting the space above the brewery slash coffee shop. So just grabbed a great coffee with a great friend. And she is an eating disorder therapist. So we just like love catching up on all things. And she showed me this DM that she received. Um, she has started to take like Zumba classes at her daughter's dance studio that I guess the, this, the instructors are offering classes to like the moms and the moms are like loving it. And she was talking about how it's like this joyful form of movement that she's enjoyed getting back into. 
And she showed me the DM that the dance teacher is now individually messaging all of the moms. And it was a message to try to get them into her Arbon. Oh, um, what did it say? It said like, let's fight the holiday bulge before it happens. Like, and she said she, she's usually made comments like to groups and, and she kind of stands back and won't say anything, but she showed me, she's like, I thought of you, like, look what I, you know, like said back to her. My so, eye is twitching. I know. I know. <laughs> like, and I felt so bad because I'm like, this sucks. Like you found this joyful form of movement. Like you genuinely enjoy the people in the class and like all this stuff. And it's like, and then this fucking person has to like go and ruin it. And it's like, <laughs> it only takes one person to ruin it for everybody. I know. <laughs> like, but she did a great job of like, obviously she's a therapist. So she's so good at boundaries, but she did a great job of like saying like, I really appreciate everything you do for my daughter. I really enjoy your dance classes. We come to you for these amazing services that you provide. But as, you know, an eating disorder therapist, like I'm very against all diet culture messaging and blah, blah, blah. And she like wrote out this whole thing. And and the woman responded nicely. It was like, I totally understand. Thank you for letting me know. But then like probably just went on to message every other Sent mom. To somebody else instead. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I was proud of her. And I was just like, fuck, like that sucks. And um. Yeah, that's def- that's definitely, although it didn't happen to me, like it's very related yeah, to what you said. So I po- put that up on my story the other day because I don't remember. I had an opposite experience in a class that I went to recently, a different studio where um, the coach like made this amazing comment. It was a boxing class, which was amazing. And it, it was like, he talked about like how everybody's out there fighting a fight and, you know, you are on your own team. So your opponent is your only opponent. Like how much harder is that fight going to be if you're also fighting yourself and like being mean to yourself in that process. And like, it was just like such a beautiful moment. And I like went to stories and was talking about it and saying how, like if a trainer or coach makes a comment in a class, that's like, the opposite of this and not aligned with, you know, why you're at the gym. Like you do have the power and the opportunity to speak up and say something. And of course my dumbass didn't say anything in class when it happened. So like, I understand that it can be like intimidating to do so, but you also don't have to go back to that person's class, you know? So I think that's, it's tough. And that's why we continue to show up here to to fight the good fight and spread the word. And at the end of the day, movement is an amazing thing. And like me talking only for myself, like it's part of my life. And like, I will not let these types of people take it away from me. However, it's taken me a very long time to get through this space. So I also want to recognize and hold space for anybody in their recovery journey that has a hard time with this messaging specifically this time of year reminder put up your boundaries put up your blockers start blocking people <laughs> and things on social media um and just remember that movement has so many benefits that have nothing to do with your physical body yeah i think i need to hear that because and i've said this on many episodes that my relationship with movement i think it's something i've like I'm realizing it more and more now, especially postpartum and stuff that like, I've definitely like dug a grave for it and just kind of like buried it and was like, not now. Like, (laughs) like I can't deal with this right now. I've been going through IVF and going through infertility. And like, it was just kind of one of those things. It's like, I know I need to deal with this relationship, but I'm not ready. And a Mm. big part of healing it for me, I think was resting for like 
I'm talking years of just like, not that I've been laying on a couch or a bed for years, but like not intentionally moving my body. Um, I was literally having this conversation with my friend today over coffee and I was, and cause she showed me that DM and we were talking, and I think for me, it's like so much of my disordered eating was also tied to disordered movement Mm -hmm. and feeling like I had to move that I think just like you need unconditional permission to eat, to make peace with food. I think I've really needed that unconditional permission to rest. And my body's finally at that piece of the journey where it's like, I am craving movements, but I think there's these like fears of those comments coming in from trainers and, and things like that, where I'm like, even as someone who's so freaking hyper aware of all of it, cause this is what we do for a living. It's still, you know, is something that I'm dealing with. So it's, it's just it's so a complicated relationship. It is. Yeah. And it's, it's people. I always say like in my tagline, like helping people heal their relationship with food fitness, body, and self. And I I purposely say fitness second, because oftentimes people will say that like, oh, my relationship with fitness is fine. But it's like, (laughs) because my own personal experience is like, I thought it was fine too. And that was literally what broke me, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was this part of my, I've been an athlete since I was two, three, whatever it is. Like, and whenever I could join soccer, I played on the boys league when I was like three. Um, and it's just always been part of my life. And it's always been a way, a coping mechanism for me. It's always been something I've been quote unquote good at. And when it became more than that for me, it got really ugly, but I knew I needed to find a, a way to get back to it because I loved it. And so like really taking that time to understand it and like prioritize sleep over movement and all of those things, that was really hard. And it's still hard some days, but I think like just acknowledging that that is a relationship that might need healing, I think is like big and oftentimes not talked about. Yeah, no, for sure. And so much of diet culture, right? It's like, eat less, move more. That's always the messaging (laughs) typically. So like, okay, so great. You're eating the fear foods. You're making peace with food. Okay. But what about this move more piece? Right. Like, and not saying that you're not allowed to move, like not, not everybody needs to rest for years. Like I did, but I know so much of my journey. I was forcing myself to move. I logged I can't even tell you how many hours on an elliptical at Penn State, um, which is elliptical. like, it's the fucking <laughs> worst. Like, it's like a fucking hamster wheel. And so like, yeah, it's, it's so interesting. So I feel like now we have to search and find more and more trainers that bring joy. We've had obviously Tally Rye um, and some really, uh, you know, other great fitness professionals on this podcast, but I think like we just basically did a mini episode within an episode this is like right wait do you remember before before we go into the the real episode do you remember I don't know if you do I stitched somebody on TikTok who was like tracking their steps and like put their apple watch around their ankle so that like they don't miss a step and like now I'm getting and this girl was like I can't believe this person is telling me I have an eating disorder I was like I literally didn't say that but like you're just now aware that like this isn't a normal behavior (laughs) like but anyways now there's credit card companies that are in my inbox saying, do you want to be an ambassador for our wellness credit card where you get points for the more that you move? And I'm like, how do I respond to this in like a nice way saying, fuck, 
off. <laughs> like, I don't think you do a nice way. I think you just say fuck <laughs> off and then like this. <laughs> so anyway, so now anybody listening, tell us who we should bring on to have this conversation about healing your relationship with fitness while we tell you who this episode is all about today. <laughs> yes, I have some ideas, but we definitely are always down for, you know, <laughs> listeners. Um I just want to throw out the name and manifest it. We need to have Meg Boggs on our podcast. Oh, yes. Great um, idea. Meg. Need, need her. Meg. Just calling out to Meg. Meg. I hope you definitely heard that. Totally heard that. Um, but while we do that, while Meg gets our message through um, the universe, let's talk about today's guest, who we absolutely freaking adore. We had Sarah Williams on the podcast. Everybody knows her through TikTok as at Nutritional Sarah, also on Instagram. Um, she has a whopping 1.1 million followers. It gives me the um, chills. Which is just amazing. We love dietitians with lots of followers. Um, but Sarah received her undergraduate degree from the University of Alabama. She completed her dietetic internship with priority in nutrition care with her distance dietetic internship and is currently halfway through her master's degree. She has been an RD for a little over a year and has worked a little bit in clinical nutrition at a local hospital in New Mexico, but has mostly been working in social media since her undergraduate degree. She mainly focuses on recipes, nutrition facts, calling out diet culture BS on social, and encouraging followers to improve their relationship with food. And she does this in the most I don't even know what the right word would be. It's just this gentle, beautiful way where it's like, hey, I'm going to crush up potato chips and coat chicken with it. And it's a nutritious dish that tastes delicious, done in 15 minutes, and you should try it too. So she's like breaking the stigma of, you know, oh my God, a dietitian's eating potato chips or whatever, right? Like she's breaking down all of these stigmas by just sharing like, this is a delicious meal and you should make it. And I'm a dietitian and here are some other nutrition facts along the way. Um, and the way she does it, her taglines are so just sweet. <laughs> I just love her so much. And I, it's been an honest pleasure to watch her grow on this TikTok platform. Yes, because we see so much virality to so much bullshit. And so <laughs> seeing someone as authentic and sweet uh, as Sarah is is truly a game changer within the field of dietetics. So we talk about a lot of different things on this episode, but I, I love how we did get into some of the mental health aspects as well with mm. social media, which I know you and I talk about all the time off air, but like definitely should probably shed more light <laughs> on our mental breakdowns uh, <laughs> on air as well, because that's truly what included. <laughs> probably want to hear. Um, but I feel like this is just such a great episode, so I don't want to hold back anymore. So let's get into it, um, and enjoy our episode with Sarah Williams. Welcome back to another episode of what the actual fork podcast today. We have a TikTok sensation with us (laughs) and registered dietitian. Welcome to the show, Sarah Williams, otherwise known as nutritional Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I am freaking pumped to be here. Thank you for asking me to be on. 
Wait, if I started the episode, I was going to say, do you need a super simple dinner? <laughs> do you need a super simple recipe? And then just let people guess. <laughs> That's true. Damn it. Should we re-record? Like, should no. we restart it? <laughs> that is my favorite. It like lives in my brain. And when I make a recipe, I'm like, Jenna, don't say that. That's not your line. Like, <laughs> do you need a su- super simple? Wait, super. How do you say that? Super <laughs> simple dinner idea. That's like hard to say. Yeah, yeah, it was like, it was just a tagline. Um, I didn't know how to begin it. And it just like began. And I was like, well, I have to stick with it now, even though it's not some of them aren't super simple. But it's like, it's my tagline, I have to use it. <laughs> They're always delicious, though. I make so many of them. And I now put cottage cheese in my eggs like every morning. Thanks to you. So that's, that's the other that's the other thing she's super famous for. <laughs> Interesting. I I feel like we've talked about cottage cheese on here. And you might know my feelings about it. So I probably won't try that one, but I will look at other super simple dinner ideas. So we have so much we want to get into and talk to you about. But before we hear the story behind Sarah and how you came to be, we have to start with the question that we ask every single guest. Um, And I have a feeling you will have plentiful content for this question where we like to start with what is... It could be a most recent, it could be most profound, doesn't really matter timeline on it. But what is a time that you have said, what the actual fork did I just watch? Did I just see? Did I just hear related to anything in nutrition or TikTok? Content? Oh, that is a wonderful, wonderful question. Um, I literally just sent a TikTok to another dietitian friend of mine. Um, and I said, if you had to see this, or if I had to see this, you, you have to see it too. Um, basically I was like losing sleep over it because, so it was like this, uh, we all have our opinions on like the carnivore diet, what it may be. Um, but this person had like no joke, an entire stick of butter, like just for breakfast. Um, and like a steak for breakfast. And like, I was nauseous just watching it. (laughs) Um, not even for like outside of the whole specs of like nutrition and all the implications that may bring just the thought of like eating a whole stick of butter in the morning I want to vomit just thinking about it (laughs) but yeah that uh I I said what what the what the hell am I watching right now and how is this allowed on the internet but (laughs) wait tell me is this the athlete that um travels with his butter and steak too is it the same guy because (laughs) I saw that one the other day and I was like First of all, like this got through security, but like they used to, they're going to try and take away like my baby's bottle. Like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, someone had a hard time with like breast milk, but this dude can like bring a ton of butter onto a flight. Um, PSA should just take that away just, just for that. But no, it's not the same guy, but I do believe like they're all in like a, a circle, if you will. So I think it was like, not the dude, but connected for sure. (laughs) <laughs> love that and Jenna I feel like I saw what you're I don't know if I saw the one Sarah's talking about but I maybe Jenna you stitched that one I saw that one too of the just eating like massive amounts of burgers and butter before a plane <laughs> and I'm like I would literally have to shit my pants on the plane like this is just not I, I just don't know what's going on um I feel like every episode Jenna and I just talk about how TikTok has just created the wild west the wild wild west of nutrition um but so speaking of TikTok, I feel like we have to go there. Um, one thing I know Jenna has something she wants to share with you, but one thing I love about you and I've loved about you since the very beginning is that you were not afraid to show up in a space 
where I have had so many like RDs to be or nutrition students come to me and say like, well, I can't get on social media until I have that RD credential mm-hmm. or I can't show up until I'm a, you know, air quotes expert. And I love that about your account that like you just started showing up and being authentically you and like sharing what you knew. Um, so if you don't mind kind of just sharing with our listeners, cause we have a lot of dietitian students and, and a lot of people that are of course interested in nutrition, like what is the why behind your account? How did it start? Did you know you always wanted to be on TikTok? I would assume probably <laughs> not. So just like, what is the story behind Sarah and how you got to where you are today professionally and personally? Yeah. So, um, thank you for saying that. That was very sweet of you. I very much appreciate those words. Um, but TikTok was kind of, uh, it was kind of an accident. Um, I just downloaded it during COVID, I think as like 90% of the downloads happened. Um, and I was bored. And then my first quote unquote viral video was actually just a recipe video. Um, and I'm not a a chef by any means like I use like pre-minced garlic like that's a sin in the chef world so like I'm not an expert in that but I was like you know this is like a super simple dinner and then uh, that that is how that was born that's the genesis of that um <laughs> but I uh I was obviously in school for nutrition in my undergrad degree and uh the more time I spent on the app the more I was inundated with the videos that we just talked about and as well as like detox drinks and sugar is bad carbs are bad you know all everything that like keeps me awake at night <laughs> and then those are the ones that were going viral and I was like really I was just so mad about it like I talked my husband's ear off probably for many nights just talking like I can't believe this person would post this and they don't even have any xyz credentials like to say this they just have experience um but yeah so I started following uh Steph Grasso she was like the first dietitian I found on TikTok and I was like you know I know I'm not a dietitian but I am like a third year nutrition student I know a little bit more than the general public. I'm not a dietitian by any means. And I would never, um, I really honed in on like my scope. Like if someone ever asked me a question in the comments, I always was like, you know, talk to a dietitian. I am an RD to be, I cannot ethically give you like personalized advice. Um, so that was a really big thing. Um, and that my biggest advice for like RD to B's, if they want to pursue like social media, like currently, even before they have the credential or internship or anything is just like, you can share the knowledge you're learning as you're learning it. Um, but you obviously have to stay within the scope. <laughs> and so, um, the recipe content gave me kind of a segue for a little bit of a population, if you will, uh, following. And I was like, I could throw in some nutrition videos. And then uh, I honestly didn't understand the controversy that is nutrition. I mean, like you do, but it's, you really don't know it until you're in it of like, like TikTok or social media at all. And I had never been, I don't know. I, I had only had like a personal profile on any, like on Instagram. So nothing, I never had anybody like argue with me on like the internet. So I would post like something that I truly believed and thought that was like common knowledge. And then I would get a ton of like comments in the comment section saying like how wrong I was, how stupid I was, um, which is just like now second nature to my being. Now I just post something and I'm like, Oh, here's the comments. This is great. Um, 
but yeah, so it just kind of like started with recipe videos and then I slowly added nutrition videos. And then like I had one video, um, that blew up that was nutrition related. And it was like my thoughts on nutrition trends as a dietetic student. (laughs) And I just listed off like, I think like 10 of the most nutrition, like biggest nutrition myths that I had ever seen, like detox, apple cider vinegar, you know, all those trends. And it like blew up because people were just angry at me that I would dare (laughs) utter anything negative towards those very fad diets that we grew up with. Um, So that also helped me out in that. um, And that really gave me like the platform, um, where I wanted to put my nutrition content. Like it was not going to be shameful. It was not going to be obsessive over food. It was going to be food is this food, food is food. And, um, I'm not going to be that dietitian that preaches at you. Um, I'm going to teach, uh, what I'm learning. And then they watched, they learned with me and it was really cool for them, um, to have like my following follow me during my dietetic journey. I was a undergrad student. They watched me graduate. They watched me do my internship. They watched me study for my RD exam. They watched me pass the RD exam. Um, so it's a very like intimate thing that I think of like uh, TikTok. I think of it fondly in that aspect too. Has anyone ever told you that like when you talk though, it feels like a warm hug? <laughs> I feel like that's also helped you a lot. Like your voice is very calming and soothing. And even just like right now, I like finding myself just like feeling like I'm being hugged, uh, which is super special. But I have to tell you that one of my biggest TikTok videos ever was me green screening that video that you just talked about. And it caused so much drama in my life too because I have personally offended like so many people but I was like I don't care like this girl is saying everything I've always wanted to say about (laughs) nutrition and like I put my stamp of approval on it like at the time I'd been a dietitian for 10 plus years and like you're saying I'm not a dietitian yet, but I'm like, this dietitian agrees. Like, <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, but I think spot on everything that you say, when I come to your page, like I know I'm going to find happy. I know I'm going to find calm. I know I'm going to find really delicious, easy meals. And also one of your, I think personally, one of the best videos I've seen from you is you acting out your comment section. <laughs> I got, like, what people say. It's just so dead on. But I think going off of the topic of TikTok and social media, one thing that I've recently been chatting about with our interns is, you know, this like wellness overload space that we're all in, right? Like not necessarily us professionals, but our clients and community and people that are on social media. So one of the things I'm trying to teach is like how to spot fake nutrition advice. So as someone who scrolls social often, do you have any like of your big red flags to share with our audience of like how to spot fake advice? Yeah, that, um, shoot, 90% of everything that's on there. (laughs) Um, I was listening to a, um, a comedian actually, and they were saying like, you don't know the other person's intent on the other end of that phone. Like when um, they're filming that content for you, like you may think they have the best intention in mind for you, but they actually don't really give a crap. Every click, every like is a monetization. Um, So the credentials of that person who you listen to, who you put your um, 
all your credibility towards, you need to look for the, of course, <laughs> I'm trying to like word it into um, just an easy way of like an overwhelming, if they are talking and they say like, you need to cut out an entire macronutrient red flag. You need to do X, Y, Z red flag. Honestly, the word you need to is the, a big red flag because like the only thing you need to do is sleep and um, you do need to eat. But in regards to um, like how to eat, it's so subjective person to person and you can't make a tiktok and say you need to do xyz because you don't know who you're talking to who you're delivering this content to your fyp changes every single day so you have no idea who's going to see that video so for you to say you need to um for your audience is a little alarming and a red flag um i sometimes like to play <laughs> is it is it crap bingo? Um, if it promises a quick weight loss, if it promises quick results, if it promises like your life is going to change, like you'll never be the same. Um, those are usually my red flags. Uh, you can go on any like MLM, whatever website you want and play the bingo sheet and it'll be completely full because it just like promises things that are, you, you can't promise. You can't promise that this person is going to receive this result because you don't know that person. Um, so we, you are right. We are in a wellness overload and people are obsessed with like just the new and up and coming trends. Like right now is gut health. Uh, next week it'll be, I don't know, fingernail health and it'll still be, <laughs> we will still eat it up. The, the consumers will still eat it up because that's how social media works. And, um, using being wary of where you receive it is, is my biggest, biggest advice. And even then, even then you still need to be wary and still take it with somewhat of a grain of salt. Um, even if you would trust them with your life, just cause again, you never know someone's intention. Yes. I think that was so wonderfully said. And I think, you know, previously you were talking about, I forget exactly how you said it, but you said like TikTok, you looked at as an opportunity for people to learn with you. And I think that that right there, like that transparency and that honesty that you have with your following and your community is huge. Um, because like you just said, a big red flag is when people are saying you need to do this or you should do this when we have no idea what, what consumer, like the people that are watching our videos, right? Like we don't know who they are. We don't know their life. We don't know their privileges. We don't know their medical diseases or conditions. So I think that is such a beautiful thing. And it's so funny because I think dietitians are like not scared into thinking this, but like how you were so diligently telling people that like, I'm not a dietitian yet. Meanwhile, like fucking Cheryl, the health coach is like, you need to do this. And like, here's what you should do. And then you're like sharing like evidence-based practice that, and you're like, but don't, I'm not a dietitian, but, and it's like so funny, like how dietitians are so type A of like, being upfront with people but then like the internet is just fucking full of quacks that are not sharing any scope because there is no scope to be had so those code of ethics man they'll they'll convict you i was like i do not want to be legally held to any of these words that i'm saying like i just this is my opinion as a little rd to be and i was very yeah i honed in on that and even now i'm still like 
you know, but, you know, talk to your registered dietitian, even though I have the credential, I have everything to hold the title. And I still am like, you know, but if it doesn't work for you, you know, I always have to get caveats. <laughs> I should probably take a page out of your book, but unfortunately, <laughs> I think we all know what I'm speaking about. We're not going to go there because we don't need to waste any time on it, but I should probably take a page out of that book. No, I love your page because you are just like, hey, stop it. And I just, I, I love the vibe you give. It is, it is my very favorite. <laughs> Well, thank you. I think Jenna's snorting at this point. I can see her <laughs> with her mic off. The code of ethics comment when you made a video, Sam, you're like reading it recently. <laughs> like, somebody tried to call her out on it. She was like, so let me go to the website and read it off. <laughs> I can't. Um, well, this has been so helpful and insightful so far. And I think one of the other questions that I personally have, and I'm just going to be super selfish with this one, um, because you're so successful and because your TikTok is so beautifully crafted, like, have you ever had a video that's ever flopped? <laughs> like, that's <been> so viral. <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> yes. Um, all the no time. Way. Yes. Uh, so like, especially when I had... I am just now starting to begin, like, I'll be able to post a video and I'll know, like, I'll get traction off of it just due to, like, the different viral videos I had leading up to it. But even when I had 800,000, I would have many videos that just, like, flopped. Um, and that is, like, one of the most frustrating things, um, especially when it's a video, like, you curated and it was so well thought and you're like, this is going to get, like, a billion likes. I'm going to get, like, on Fox, CNN, MSNBC, like, I'm going to be on all of them. And then you post it and, like, you check it two hours later and it has, like, 30 likes. And, and like, you're like, is TikTok broken? Like, yeah, and I'm like, oh, I'm definitely shadow banned. So I'd, like, delete it and re-upload and I'd get, like, 20 likes. And so that is the part of social media I absolutely hate. But, like, my biggest thing was just, like, consistency. Um, and I, I think if you look up, like, how to get a follower on any social media, regardless of, like, what the content is, like, it's just consistency. And, um... That has been, I mean, now I'm really starting to try to make it like I'm a mom. So like, it's very <laughs> few and far between, but I'm trying to take it like more serious and create like content like every other day. Um, every day would be great, but that's just not realistic. But yes, I have had many a flop, um, especially for like dinner recipes. Some, I'll, it'll take like two hours to create and I'm just like, oh, this is perfect. Everybody's going to love this. And then it just flops. <laughs> well, thank you for humanizing yourself with us. Because to us, you are a goddess um, and you still are. But I think that's just really helpful for anybody listening to hear because I think that is one of the biggest fear blockers for people that want to start a social media page, but they're afraid like, what if nobody sees it? Or like, what if it doesn't go anywhere? And like what I just continue to tell myself, cause I continue to do this with myself and with the people that I assist is just, you know, it's evergreen content. Right. And like with TikTok, it always has the capability to gain traction or to grow and it can always help someone. And that's just such a great reminder. So thank you. I see Sam's yes. hands up. 
So I will pass the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us using our, our tools. Um, I guess it's mine's a follow-up question from that is, you know, you shared your frustrations, right? And I know Jenna and I talk about this all the time. She'll like text me like, is TikTok fucking broken? Like I have one <laughs> like, and I'm like, I still have zero on something I posted three hours ago. So, um, so we feel that very deep in our soul when you said like, you know, being frustrated, have you noticed an impact on your mental health? Cause that's something Jen and I have talked a lot about of, you know, no one talks about what happens when you start to go viral and how you then, I'm not saying you, I'm speaking more like me or, and, or like I've heard other creators talk about this like desire to continue to perform or to continue to do well in a space or to meet an expectation of what your followers want to see from you or who you want to be. So how has TikTok in general changed your mental health, if at all? And what have you done um, to kind of make sure you're, you're checking in with yourself? That is a question and a thought that I had never crossed my mind um, when I started posting on TikTok. Like I, I, I guess ignorance is bliss because I, if I know, if I knew what I know now, I don't know if I would have started posting videos. Um, just because there was like when we, when I first started going viral with a couple of videos, specifically the nutrition ones. Um, I mean, recipes, people fight in the comment section, like, why aren't you mincing your own garlic? Like that's whatever. But like, it's the nutrition ones that people take, you know, low blow shots. Um, a lot of them, if they can't find something else to talk about, they'll talk about your appearance. And like, you know, as women, we are, we have our societal factors that we have to always take into consideration, no matter how far, how hard we try to, uh, fight that <laughs> even, you know, um, unfortunately. Um, but when I first started getting those viral videos specifically in the nutrition videos, I, I would like cry over some of the comments that I would get because they, I could not comprehend the fact that someone would type out these comments, think about what they were typing out and still click send. Like 98% of them were always behind like a anonymous profile. Um, but I, I really struggled with it for a few months, honestly, but I still kept going because I was like, you know, this is hard, but the, the inundation of the, the fads and the trends and um, how, how they're getting to the vulnerable population that like uh, teenagers and stuff, that is more important than um, a couple of me comments. So to combat that, my husband and I, we talked about like, how can we, how can we keep growing, but to not, you know, just completely quit, call it quits, you know, never look at social media ever again. Um, so I would post a video and I would look at the comment section for the first five, 10 minutes. And then I refused to look at the comment section after a while. Um, mostly cause anything after that is not important. Um, of course I'll see like the nice comments if I, it happens to like graze across my eyeballs and I'll like acknowledge those, but the hateful ones, it's just the acknowledgement. Um, they want the acknowledgement. So I, it, it took, it was a battle. I'm not going to lie. And I'm not going to lie and be like, yeah, hey, I'm fine now. I still struggle with it. Like, um, I've recently taken to Instagram and tried to build my, <laughs> build my pro profile over there. And people are really mean on Instagram too. 
Um, and they're very, they're even more superficial than TikTok. So I'm getting a lot of low blows about like my looks and it's just ridiculous that people think it's okay and normal to just type out the things that they type out. And like, I hate when people are like, oh, just ignore it. Like, that's just what you get for being on the internet. And I'm like, can we stop normalizing people being bullies? Like, how about we just hold these people accountable? I know there's a ton of people that we'd have to keep accountable, but like, maybe not maybe call them out for being a shitty person. And uh, so I do for a couple that like really take my breath away. And I'm like, I cannot believe you would utter these words to someone. So I do sometimes create like comment reply videos, but I've slowed down on those, but not reading the comment section and just continuing on with like my passion and like what I want my content to be geared towards and not letting other people's comments, views of me deter like what I want my content to be. Thank you so much for sharing that. And that was, that was, you know, I know how much vulnerability that takes to share that. And I know I can connect with so much of what you're saying. And um, can you imagine like walking into a room full of thousands of people and them saying those things to you? Like, that's what I think of when I read some of these things. But then I think of like, okay, if somebody is going to type this out. Like, I can't imagine the shit that they say to themselves when they're alone, because if they're going to say this shit to a stranger on the internet that they don't know, oh my gosh, they must really hate themselves. Um, but just know that you're not alone in the struggle. And I think it's important for a lot of our RDs to be, to hear, or anyone, any dietitian, or honestly, any profession that's think about thinking about starting a social media profile. Cause I'm with you. I know Jen is the same. We started our TikToks during COVID totally naive to what it would become, how many people we would reach and exact same thing. I had no idea, even though I had an Instagram before then, so maybe like, I don't even know how many followers at that point maybe 10 20 30k but like I had no idea how mean people were or like what was gonna happen and I think it's important to know like that is a part of this job as much as we shouldn't normalize it I agree with you like it it's inevitable if you're gonna be on social media and put yourself out there but do you know where people are the meanest Facebook (laughs) have you ever pushed anything to Facebook before I think it was Elena who I'm sure we all know is coming on the podcast soon but I think she put something on her story the other day that was like started pushing some reels to Facebook like look at the and they were just like you're a fucking idiot like go fuck yourself like just terrible things and I have a post that's on Facebook that has has some traction and I was reading the comments to my dad the other day and he was like people are saying that about you like he was his head was gonna pop off but then you go and you click on their profiles and it's like an old man holding like his grandchildren and I'm like I'm not gonna lie that's exactly why I have like been very slow to Facebook because I just know how cruel like your uncle twice removed is on just like a random post that you could post on your very private account so I'm like I don't even want to know what people could formulate into words about me on Facebook so that is actually why I've been really slow to it (laughs) It's so weird. <laughs> that is such, such a good point. And this is like, I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but maybe actually I do. It's again, selfish question that I, I think I'm noticing with myself. And I think you two could relate maybe. 
so I'd like to ask both of you, do you feel like you've seen a change in how you show up since you became a mother? Because I think there was this part of me that before I was a mom, like, I, I don't know if I had thicker skin or I could just take more because it was like just me. But then the thought of like strangers saying something to my daughter or like, I don't know, like, am, I don't know if I'm just like going off a weird tangent here, but do you feel like you've noticed how you show up differently other than like the quantity of content because there's not enough hours in the day as a mom, <laughs> yeah. but have you noticed that any changes within yourself there? I, um, like you, I have become like more empathetic in regard to like the commenter themselves. Um, I really like how you worded, like, I can't imagine like what they say to themselves. I, I am geared now towards that mindset. Like before I would just be like, Oh, screw that person. And just like have a defense mechanism and just be like middle finger to you. Um, but now I'm just like, bless your heart. Like, did your mom ever hug you? Like, I'm like delving into their childhood, wondering what led them to type this horrible comment towards me. Um, but no, it is the comment, the mean comments are a little bit more like hurtful to my core because I'm like, not necessarily because it hurt me, but because I'm like, this, there's this person that exists. And if they reproduce, their child could say it to my daughter and I, I, uh, I, I would end up in jail if they ever said <laughs> anything to my daughter, the way they've talked to me. And of course, I'm sure my mom, like if she ever reads the comment section, like she feels the exact same way. Like, um, but thankfully she, she is only on TikTok to watch my stuff. And I don't even know she knows there's a comment section. <laughs> um, but yeah. And, uh, she was like, I want to be on one of your TikToks. I was like, absolutely not. People are ruthless. <laughs> like you're too, you're too precious for this world. Um, and I feel the exact same way about Harper. So, um, as, as far as like changing my content, no, but the empathetic feelings that I feel towards commenters or, um, the, the heaviness of my heart, because my daughter lives in the world that that person lives in too, that's, that's, that's what's changed me, um, in my motherhood. That's so beautifully said. I thank you for that. And I think for me personally, I mean, my son's a little bit older than both of your children, but I, I don't think I've actually had a chance to say this on air, Sam. I feel like we talk about it all the time, but I feel like after my maternity leave, quote unquote, like, what is that when you're an entrepreneur? But after my maternity leave, like I came back to a job that was different, just like people in an office. Right. And like, whether it was because of taking some time away and like coming back into the competitive space, or it was that I just was different and the things that I, I cared about and the way I wanted to share them were different, maybe a combination, but as a mother, like you were just saying, and knowing how precious your time is, mm -hmm. it's just hard to justify things the same way, <laughs> like, right? It's just different. But I, I agree with that. And I think, and I think maybe where I, I mean, I was coming hot off the press with a, a an incident, we'll call it on TikTok, where I was like, why am I going to show up on here and deal with this fucking bullshit? when I could just be with my daughter. Right. And I think that's where I was struggling or where I do struggle. And that's not to say that every video gets so much hate, but I think one thing we haven't really touched on is the reason why things go viral are usually hateful comments, right? Because oh, yeah. people disagreeing. It's not everyone being like, oh my God, I love you. It's 
so much like and just like a million of those comments so it's like to go viral sometimes you don't have to strike a chord but usually it strikes a chord so then I think that's where I think I'm getting stuck where I'm like do I want that um and I don't know the answer yet I'm still figuring that out like very intentional with with your wording, I have learned that um, I've been watching back a few of my videos and I give a lot of disclaimers. Um, but the ones that I don't give disclaimers, those are the ones that get the hate comments. And then those are the ones that always go viral because they're arguing in the comment section. And it, it is a, it's a paradox because it's like, I want this to go viral. I want this to, you know, per- push my social media content further. But then it's also like, I have to deal with this. And um, my daughter, yeah, exactly what you were saying, Sam, is like, I could spend time with my daughter rather than like creating this content just for people to basically shit on. Um, it's quite a, quite a, quite a paradox. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for diving into all this with us. We really didn't even have necessarily a plan of action of where this episode was going to go. <laughs> um, but I would like to ask before we, we let you go, cause I know Harper's probably going to wake up soon, but <laughs> we haven't talked at all about your clinical job. And so if you could share with listeners too, like, what do you do outside of TikTok? Um, and, and what that looks like for you. So actually we just recently moved to uh, Las Vegas. And so I was, I unfortunately had to resign from that position in the clinical sector. Um, just cause it was, um, I asked for it to be a remote job, but, um, from New Mexico to Nevada, like it was like legality stuff. They couldn't transfer it. But um, I worked in the clinical sector and I am a huge nerd. I love clinical, like um, I hate, I don't hate. I didn't enjoy a lot of the um, misunderstanding of what a dietitian does in the clinical role. And I'm sure you guys can commiserate with this sentiment just because like we we put so much study time, we put so much effort into this position. And then like 90% of the hospital thinks like we are part of a completely different staff of like with the kitchen. And I'm like, no, I'm not with the kitchen. They do their own wonderful job for this hospital, but that's not who I am. (laughs) I am supposed to calculate tube feeding rates. Like I'm supposed to do like assess malnutrition. Um, and I just really loved like all that nerdy stuff, if you will, like nutritional biochemistry was like my jam and um, I'm getting my master's right now and I'm in nutritional biochemistry and I'm just like, I freaking love this. Um, but yeah, so I would work as a clinical dietitian. I would assess for malnutrition. I would do, you know, nutrition screening, nutrition assessments. Um, I do tube feeding TPNs argue with the physicians about tube feeding rates, TPNs, <laughs> um, because a lot of the physicians um, like to think that, oh, everybody can eat the same exact amount, um, which of course we all know they can't. Um, but yeah, I would, I, I loved my job in the clinical sector. I wish to go back to it someday, but honestly, I've been really blessed with this opportunity of social media and I feel silly to not utilize it to the best of its ability. Um, I want to expand it. I would love to grow into other platforms um, just to be able to be home with my daughter. Um, I've been able to make content while my daughter is playing in the Tupperware cabinet next to me. And I think that is amazing. And these are the days I can't get back. So it's a, it's a little bit unconventional route. Um, I know a lot of RDs start out in the clinical sector. They start out whatever. uh, But I've, 
I've been really looking forward to growing the Nutritional Sarah platform. And that's kind of where I'm at today. I would love to go back to a clinical job maybe someday, but I'd, I have a feeling in my gut it's not going to be anytime soon, and I'm okay with that. I couldn't unmute fast enough, but I think I, I love that you are bringing that evidence-based practice to your social media platform. And I think we need more of that and we need more people to, for lack of a better descriptor, like digest that information and put it out there in a way that people will hear it and trust it and listen to it. So whether you think you're doing clinical or not, you still are. So we appreciate that. Those of us that didn't like nutritional biochemistry, I really appreciate people like you who enjoy it and are able to speak it in a language that millions of people literally are taking in and understanding. So that's amazing. I also can commiserate like being called dietary back in the day was <laughs> a tough pill to swallow, but you are literally changing the world and it's been so fun to really watch your journey. So for anybody out there, unless Sam, do you have any more questions? No questions, just a comment. And then you can close this out. I just wanted to say for those listening, I think Sarah is an amazing example of, like you said, going against status quo, like how many times have we heard as dietitians or RDs to be that you need to go into clinical to do, to like to build your you know career and do the next thing. And that's amazing if you love clinical and want to be there. But the fact that like you came out of school with a social media presence and now like, look, look what it's gotten you. Like you said, you get to work from home and be with your daughter and all these amazing things. So I think it's important to just if you want to go for it, go for it. And I think that's exactly what you did. And um, we're really proud of you and, and proud to call you a colleague. No. Now, Sarah, where can people find you? <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Nutritional Sarah. Um, you can also find me on YouTube at Nutritional Sarah. I am mm. starting to create, I'm aiming to create more content. But as we've said many a times, I am a mom. So We'll try. We'll do There's our best. There's only so much creativity <laughs> that the day allows for. Trust me. <laughs> and uh, a, a last comment, um, I kind of just piggybacking off of what Sam said is, um, yes, this opportunity that I've that I've been able to grow the platform of Nutritional Sarah has been such a blessing. And if you're on the fence of like, oh, I, I would love to do it, just make the freaking TikTok. Even if it flops, make it again make it again, make it again, make it again. Um, if anything, it's a creativity outlet. Um, regardless, you'll at least reach one person. You, mm -hmm. It's inevitable. The algorithm of TikTok is, you know, or even Instagram now with all the reels, um, it's ever circulating. So you will at least reach one person. And so just, just make the freaking TikTok. I love that. I love and that. make sure you have a support system that if you do go viral, yes. that you don't put your head through a wall. Um, <laughs> But thank you so much for being here with us, Sarah. We we love you. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. I love you guys. And I can't wait to see more of your videos. And I love you guys. <laughs> guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there. And we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves, and follow along with us on social at What the Actual Fork Pod. 
We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for a lot more fun. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.